podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cinnamon rolls and chili on a crisp November day. In the heart of football season, Thanksgiving's on its way. Mashed potatoes, turkeys, green beans not from cans. The Bosco boys are thankful for our diehard bonehead fans. Dub City USA, that is K-State football and the Boneheads for now four straight weeks. It's good to be back, and it's good to be back in the saddle with my guy Grant. Grant, four straight. Four straight. And another it, great sports weekend. Uh, USA going Dosa Cerro versus, versus Mexico. That was great. Uh, we, we do have Chiefs versus uh, Raiders on Sunday night football. Yeah. Um, that's a little dodgy. But if you would have told me, uh, you know, you'd, you'd be tuning on those first two very big games in my sports fandom, I would have taken it and I would have rolled the dice with the Chiefs. No questions asked. One thousand percent. Also, we got a little bit of gravy with Iowa State losing on a 62 yard. Oh, bomb, just amazing. Which is unbelievable. Tech looks really good, by the way. Their freshman quarterback is going to be a problem, I think, it, going in the future. But uh, and then I don't also, actually know that. I think Iowa State is just shambles. I they are bad, but I mean, he that that was an impressive looking freshman. Um, yeah. Well, and then then you have and Oklahoma then of course losing. just well, I mean, Oklahoma loses. That was great. I you know I don't like that Baylor's good. Uh, top well, 10. I'm, I I kind of prefer that. They are coming off like a big emotional win, though. Yeah, no, no, that, that's fine. Instead of and, two straight losses. Yeah, and then the hilarity that was, you know, Texas losing again. I, I, I know you were a little bit more conflicted than I was, and I think most of email Twitter, at least our corner of K State Twitter, I feel like was for the Hawks from the jump. It took you a little bit to get on there, but you know that game was just pure hilarity. But the Hawks pulled yeah. it off. So shout out to KU football with a. a hilarious win and now we get to make fun of texas for another five, 25 years five straight losses for texas why in god's name did they fire tom herman oh well, and here's the thing I, and i said it and some folks tried to argue with me and i almost questioned myself because there's like people like Derek young and some folks i actually respect when it comes to college football i shouldn't have backed down but firing tom herman was fine but if you were just going to turn around and hire steve fucking sarkeesian yeah are you serious that they're the same coach except for one of them has a history of substance abuse and getting drunk and high on the job and the other one was tom herman yeah i mean how many wins do they have right now with tom herman admit it like there's they have two or three more they have shitty quarterbacks like but i i think they have at least two more i think they have at least seven wins right now honestly because they don't lose last night they don't. They wouldn't have lost last night. They wouldn't have lost. I mean, they lost five in a row. I mean, hell, they wouldn't have lost that Oklahoma game. They're up by so much. Probably not. Maybe they did the same thing last year, though. I'm pretty sure. But oh, they ended up true. winning. I think yeah, they still. They won. blew a huge lead, but they won. I think yeah, in overtime. Yeah. But 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 firing Tom Herman, 
just to hire Steve Sarkeesian. And then what's funny is the Texas apologists are like, oh, this is still Tom Herman's mess, yada, yada, yada. Oh, it's still the mess with tons of five stars at every position. Give me a break. It's crazy. I mean, within the last two years, Tom Herman had won a sugar, a sugar bowl in 10 games. Yeah. It, and, you know, was disappointing in a COVID year, but he had won, he won seven games last year. Yeah. They were, they went seven and three. Yeah. And it, it was absolutely insane. Stupid. Insane. But I love it. Um, yeah. I, you know, I love them absolutely limping out. Um, it's great to see. Uh, yeah. It, it's great to see, get the jokes off and, you know, whatever, like, it, again, people can think whatever they want about KU, but you, you, you do kind of feel good for like, you know, it was a walk on Kansas kid who caught the two point conversion. And I saw the video of his parents, you know, in the stands. And, you know, I, again, I have, you know, my mom and my brother and my aunt are good KU fans and I, I was happy for them. And, and I, again, above even being happy for them, I'm happy we get to do Texas lost at home to KU jokes. Like that's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I hate KU. I initially was like, I don't want them to win, but as it kind of went on, it was basically if KU wins or if they lose, it's going to be like a hilarious outcome. Yeah. Twitter was going to be fun regardless. I was kind of just really enjoying it as neutral as possible. And, you know, objectively I enjoy watching Jalen Daniels and Devin Neal. I think that they're fun, good looking players and, you know, I don't hate them. So yeah, and I also I feel completely like comfortable in knowing uh, that we're going to kick secure, ass like knowing that I think we will not. I don't think Chris Klein will lose to them. So it is what it is. They yeah, beat I, Texas. I do it's wish hilarious. I do wish K State baseball would have uh, played ball a little bit more when it came to Devin Neal, but we we might be able yeah. to rehash that another time. Let's get into the show and talk K-State 34, West Virginia 17. But before we do, I want to just real quick give a shout-out to Symbol. As someone who holds K-State and Baylor, last week was great for me. Raking in the dough because every time a team you own on, on Symbol wins, you get a cash payout. Symbol is the stock market for sports. It allows you to profit off that knowledge. You can trade sports teams just like you can stocks. And when, like I said, when your teams win, you earn cash. Use your knowledge to buy low and sell high, earn those cash payouts, and join over 7,000 early adapters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. That's symbol.com, www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use promo code BOYS to make your deposit risk-free symbol.com promo code boys that means even if you lose money even if you don't like it symbol will re- refund your initial deposit no questions asked join symbol today and start investing in your favorite teams all right k-state 34 west virginia 17 before we get into it i, I feel like this falls under the bosco's boys brand i want to comment on this the coaches actually have looked very good the last two weeks uh, because they were in purple when they went to Lawrence. And then last week they did the black camo, camo and olive for uh, Veterans Day. And that looks so much better than this weird gray polos with khakis that they've been wearing all year. Um, I'm not against khakis, but it does not look good with the gray. Uh, what do you think of the coach's gear rocking the camo for Veterans Day? I wasn't a huge fan of the camo, but I agree that they look good um, pretty much on the year. I think Kleiman's always wearing a top that I 
want to have. I, I've enjoyed his polos this year. Really? Because I've really thought good. they have been bad. I have hated really? them. I, th- I think he's had nice Nike polo games here. I but, mean, it's been the um, gray one with like the black stripes every single week. I, I think that it has looked bad. And maybe he needed needs to go with like, you know, a dark black or like a different color of pant. But I think they have looked gross all year long. I agree. Ditch the khaki. But with other the gray. Than, it's fun with purple. But... Yeah, I don't know. We looked good. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we'll move on. All right. So we snapped the five-game losing streak versus West Virginia. We extend our current winning streak. And hearing all the post-game comments from the players and the coaches, I feel like, you know, that losing streak to West Virginia weighed on them more than I realized. Well, you know, losing to a bunch of hillbillies every year is tough. And especially in the fashion that we have in the climate era. I mean, last year – just getting basically stomped at home um, in a very frustrating game. And then it was on the road okay. last year. All right. That's what I meant on the road. And then at home in 2019, having one of the more disappointing losses of the year, sucking kind of all the momentum away from that season. So yeah, really frustrating. And I bet it felt good to beat those pricks yesterday because they were very chippy and downright, you know, dirty in a lot of, scenarios so yeah i'm glad we won that it was interesting again because i hold neil brown up in such high regard i i really am surprised they played the way they did but hey you know it is what it is um you keep that he looks like a dead man walking by the way he just look i don't think he's gonna get fired this year but he looks like a guy that has kind of lost control of the ship um and they gave me he gave me gary vibes for sure it was just like uh a lot of mistakes, just like shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over. That's the t- that that is you know a sign of a team and a coach that's kind of frustrated. I think, but sorry to cut you off. No, you're fine. Uh, th- they actually are opened up as one point favorites versus Texas next week. Um, I- I'll tell you this right now. I I don't think I don't think there's anything that can happen to get Neil Brown fired this year because I think that Iowa State win and ultimately that TCU win saved him but especially because they're doing two power five non-cons next year and they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback i i think i'm going to get my wish and that is that west virginia fans get too impatient too quickly with neil brown and they fire him because i think he's legitimately good and i think he is going i i I think he is fired next year so i'm happy to see it um there was a lot of fire neil brown on twitter yesterday so well it it would have been funny i don't think it's going to happen but Here's the thing: if they, if they were if they beat Texas this week and then we beat Texas on Black Friday, I I legitimately think there's a chance Sark gets fired. That would be seven like, straight losses. Seven straight losses after yeah. starting five and nine. that would be oh my god, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. So I I, I don't know who I'm going to be rooting for. I, I'll probably be rooting for West Virginia next week. Um, so Definitely. that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Another fun thing: so we we get the winning streak up to four. This was interesting and. Uh, a little surprising, uh, not crazy surprising when you think back to it, but it was only the third time, uh, or sorry, let me rephrase that. It's the third straight win in conference play by at least 17 points. It's the first time since 2013, which isn't that surprising when you think about it, but then only the second time since 2003 that we've done it. So we didn't do it in 2012 or 2011 or 2014, where we win surprises me three straight games by 17 or more in the league so that that is awesome um 
again, I, I think there's a lot of angst and when they got it within a touchdown, I, I, I understand why there's some angst, but ultimately we are on a great stretch of results that have been rare since Snyder 1.0. Yeah. Um, and kind of speaking of Snyder, I, I think yesterday kind of really resembled the some of those games in 2011 and then 2014 a little bit as well, where you win because you have big special teams play, you dominate the turnover battle, and you have almost no penalties. You win time of possession, all that type of stuff, because we were outgained by 50, you know, yeah. and we weren't insanely, you know, explosive on offense. I think we were efficient. We got our points. But it, it, it definitely kind of reminded me of those games because I think we won like three straight in 2011 where we were outgained. And like uh-huh. folks were like, oh, K-State, getting outgained but still winning, like acting like yardage is how you win the games. No, it's points. But it, but it was interesting to see. Ultimately, though, and I was having this conversation with my dad when we were driving home uh, because in tw- Twitter isn't real life. And I think I, I do a bad job centering myself enough. Uh, so I'm talking myself when I say this, but – uh, reading Twitter during the game and then also on the drive home yet being in the stadium and talk to my ga- dad through it. It's like uh-huh. that game was comfortable. Like, it, you know, it, it really, yes, things were a little dicey when they got within seven, but you know, it, it never really was in point, a point where it's like, Oh, we're going to lose this game. It was wire to wire cats got this. Uh, I did not feel that way. Um, and I think that's, I think you're mentally ill for ever thinking we are going to lose that game. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I mean, they again. They, I I think it's because you were living that game on Twitter versus in the stadium. I wasn't on. I was on Twitter, but I was because I was with Jack all day by myself. So I was kind of like uh, wa- mostly watching the game, and then I would get on Twitter. But um, I mean, you had quite a few tweets. I don't know, man. Maybe you were texting I, me. I think I you're mentally ill at one point. Oh yeah, I'm not questioning that. I'm not mentally ill especially regarding in game uh, but there was definitely a point where we had lost all momentum we were only up 7 we had just missed a field goal and well the field it goal seemed we like were, we couldn't stop them field goal we were up 14 that was to right. go up three possessions well i'm saying we still we had just missed a field goal within the last you know couple of series um but they'd run off 14 straight and i mean it took one of the gutsiest fucking play calls to kind of stomp that game out. And we were on the 40 yard line or our, our 40 we were on their 40, 49. Yeah. No, we, we, were, we had crossed midfield. It was third and eight, fourth and eight. Fourth and eight. I mean, yeah. I mean, that game was definitely hanging in the balance a little bit. We had kind of no answer for them offensively um, or defensively. I mean, but um, in the end, it is a game of four quarters, and, you know, we we stomped them out with that back-breaking, you know, conversion, which was amazing. And, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely ha- – if I have to put my foot in my mouth every week, that's fine with me. And I was – I've done it a lot this week. Yeah. It, across again, a lot of – across a lot of different games. <laughs> and, and, and granted, I've been there, so I, I, I'm, I'm not going to – Actually, I did throw a rock at the glass house, but hey, it is what it is. Um, I Originally, we were going to record this in the morning where I said we'd have a late season top 25 matchup with Baylor. We're not top 25. They're top 10. One other thing I didn't put in here that I do want to talk about. Again, uh, there's no point in really uh, overanalyzing it because I, I think that the I think the book is pretty much out on climbing. 
He's not going to be aggressive at the end of the first half. That really pissed me off. I thought, you know, you're what, 30 yards away from having a realistic field goal try and you just take a knee and you had all three timeouts. That bugged me. And then I think the book out is out there with climbing. If it is a field goal to go up a full possession inside the red zone, he takes it because, you know, with, with Iowa State, he took the field goal to try to get the lead. He did Which is so it. funny because, uh, like, last year he was kind of the opposite where he – it felt like he would go for it or he would – We've gone for it more this and, year. And maybe this is just, like – You're thinking A few occasions and anecdotal, but it feels like he was overly aggressive, like, chasing points last year. And maybe I'm just traumatized by a couple of plays. I, I think but, you are because it, because it has been by the book, you know. It, it, in those two-point conversion things, it, it made sense. And then, again, he has chosen to kick the field goal when it puts you up a possession. Um, so – Again, disagree it, it that makes sense but we're not breaking open that we're not going how does that, that not make sense no this is what the podcast is all about how does it not make sense to kick a field goal when it puts you up a possession the no, no 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 i misinterpreted i thought you meant oh. going for two last year but we've already talked that to death okay well it it's still okay. makes sense but we will move on but we'll, we, we, we <laughs> will move on so i i know there's a lot of frustration with climbing those two things i think i think it is pretty much we know we know what he's going to do. If you if you cross the 50 and you can't kick a field goal, he's going to go for it. And if you can kick a field goal and it puts you up by an extra possession, he's going to. It is what it is. Um, something that was good, led time of possession, 33 to 27. They outgained us 345 to 299. We did turn them over three times to zero, which was great to see. We were 7 to 14 on third down, which is good. One for one on fourth down. We are 12 for 14 on fourth down on the year. This is good holding West Virginia to five to 14 on third down. This is bad giving up three of four on fourth down, but that's all right. You know, really good. Only one for 10 on penalties for us. They were only flagged uh, two times for 26 yards, which is a joke because they were holding all the time, but let's get into the offensive side of the ball. And it is sponsored by Spotify green room. If you want to talk to us, come to Spotify green room, download it on Apple iOS store or the Android app. They have tons of live shows always going on. We are going live. We are going to do this again this week. We are going live 6.30, 6.30 to talk football, and then immediately after the K-State Omaha game to talk basketball. I think it re- went really well doing the two shows in one day. Um, I had a lot of fun. It was a quicker version of the football show than we usually do, and I had fun getting everyone's instant reaction for basketball. So we're going to do that again this week, 6.30 football talk, immediately after the basketball game stay tuned for next week thanksgiving week i'm not sure what time what day our live show is going to be there's two basketball games on monday and tuesday it's in kansas city so i might be trying to go so we'll figure something out uh but just stay tuned listen to the show be tuned in on twitter all right let's talk offense i'm going to let you because this is something that you and i seemingly argue about in on twitter and in text messages during games but you usually by the time we record soften up a little bit, but I'm going to give you the opportunity. <laughs> you can rant about Messingham if you want, but be prepared. I have stats to tell you you're wrong. Okay. My problem with Messingham is that it seems, and this is coming from the perspective of a, of a fan. And so I know that I'm probably wrong in a lot of ways, but it feels like when things aren't working, he tries to force them. And when things are working, it feels like he abandons them. Statistically, though, yesterday, 
you know, the offense ended up having a fairly efficient day to close out the game. And listen, the lesson, the lesson is that it's a game of four quarters and to overreact, you know, on a series or a play is foolish and to expect a coach or a team to flawlessly execute or scheme for an entire and complete game week in and week out is unrealistic and silly. Am I going to follow that lesson? No, I doubt it. I mean, it will. I will continue to be a fan and live and die in the moment. Um, you know, I said four games ago when we're three and three that the next four games will kind of be a better indicator of where the program is in the overall trajectory. And hey, we've won all four and three of the four games. Really, we've dominated um, at the end of the game. So we faced, I think, a pretty good amount of adversity within that four game stretch, and you know, we overcame all of it. And look really at those good. four teams. All four of those teams have now shown They've life. They've got you know? a pulse now. Yeah, it feels good to be 7-3. and three. The team looks happy again. The def- defense is having fun again. Now, how do we finish, Scott? Because we've got 10, we got 10 wins on the table. We have 6-3 well, and three conference let, finish on the table. Let's, let's get Baylor next week. Then we can start, you know, talking 10 wins. Right. I, we've I got a, we've, we're missing our marquee win this year. So we've got that on yeah. the schedule next week. And, you know, we're missing – well we're not missing but we've got another streak that we need to end and that's against texas so how do we finish but i i will give credit to the coaching staff they're not perfect but they righted the shift after three tough losses and you know things could have gone very wrong at tech and for a second there it looked like oh i was coming off i was melting three minutes into the game you know, three minutes into the game, we're down 14, and we had like 12 penalties that game for over 100 yards. And we tried every which way to lose it, but we didn't, thanks to, you know, just gritting our teeth. We 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 came through it by the skin of our teeth. So, and hey, and credit to Courtney Messingham again for another good opening scoring drive in the third quarter. Yeah. So that's so, my rant there. There um, you go. Let's get into it. Well, uh, just real quick, uh, we will get into it. I just want—I just want to put this out there because you're not the only one, and there are folks who are not as uh, self-aware as you. There are people who hate Messingham currently, right now, in the S and P plus and in the FEI, we are a top 25 offense currently for points per possession. We are number two in the Big 12. And yesterday, getting the three points per offensive possession versus West Virginia—that's the second best a team has done versus West Virginia last year. So again, people can get upset with Messingham as much as they want, but I think folks need to look at the numbers when they're presented to you and realize that this is one of the better offenses K-State has had, you know, post Snyder 1.0. And yeah, fo- folks I, might not like it, but, you know, those are the numbers. So I think f- people need to kind of put their pitchforks away when talking about Courtney Messingham and yeah, just and- chill the fuck out. It's really easy to like lose your mind when you get great field position. Um, it's first and goal, I think. First and goal, you're inside the 10, whatever. And, you know, you come up short, you miss a field goal, you run a stupid ass short side option that gets blown up. And it's easy to that was lose your mind, question the offensive coordinator. But the reality is like that is the ebbs and flows of the game. That's how it works. That's just football you're not going to get everything right. If that works out, you're, you're saying, Ooh, I love an option call. Let's see more option. But like, it, it just, it didn't work out. It got blown up at the end of the day. We won by what? 17 points. And they did enough to win. It was a complete game. The offense was solid at the end of the day. So I'm just happy. We have Deuce Vaughn. 
I am too. Let's, let's and talk. Joe Irvin. Shout out to Joe Irvin. Yes, we'll, we'll get to the running backs. That's how we will end our offense. Let's talk quarterback real quick. Uh, Skyler, 14 of 19, 138 yards, one touchdown, three rushes for 12 yards. I think this is maybe his worst game of the year. I'd have to go back and really readdress the Iowa State game. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it was bad. Uh, he, he could have thrown uh, two interceptions. You know, he got straight up headbutted on one of them, which was one of the dirtier plays I've seen in college football this year. Um, and then, you know, they just dropped one when he was trying to put it over the top to Malik. But outside of those two throws, uh, he had a massive throw on that fourth down, Sammy Wheeler, had a great touchdown past him as well, and then really stayed alive to find Brooks a couple times. And he had a rush to pick up a first down that really kind of helped finish off the game. Um, not his best game. Um, but again, you know, he did enough to win and ultimately they didn't take advantage of the mistakes he made. And I think that kind of evens out some of the kind of uh, off the hands, you know, interceptions from early in the year. And I I think things kind of even out sometimes. Um, The only downside to this and here I'm getting great, uh, you know, greedy because Oklahoma pulls, you know, their freshman quarterback tries to bring in Rattler towards the end of the game. Brock Purdy throws a bunch of interceptions, you know, Spencer Sanders is Spencer Sanders. All of a sudden it's like, if he would have had like one of those like 280 yard passing games, um, one or two more touchdowns or maybe a rushing touchdown or something, you might be able to start looking and squinting me like shit. Skylar Thompson is going to be the first team quarterback. Now I don't, I, I, I don't think that's probably going to be in the cards, but uh, ultimately when you have a game like that, a C minus game, and he can still come up with those big plays when you need them. I think that says a lot about the quarterback that Skyler is. I have no clue who's going to be the first team quarterback. I, I mean, it's going to end up being Spencer Sanders because I think they're going to end up going. Oh yeah. For some reason, I completely forgot about him. Well, but he's, he's not had a good. Solid year. He's but had he's a not, solid year. I mean, sure. But yeah, he's yeah. also not good. I mean, that's why it's easy to forget about. I kind of just forgot about Oklahoma state entirely. They've just, kind of been quietly kicking everybody's ass but yeah not a super complete game from Skyler but you know he stepped up when he needed to and that's really all you can ask uh, when you're having a bad day that you basically step up and get your team over the line so um, I agree Um, Skyler's having a pretty solid year yesterday wasn't great but he did what he had to yeah I think he might be second team or at a minimum he will get honorable mention nod which I think would be I, I would I would love to see him get to first. Maybe if he has a big final two games, but I, I'm glad he's going to get some uh, recognition. Um, one small note outside of Skyler playing, Jaron Lewis played the final garbage time drive, just handed it off. I think that at least shows their hand. They are all in on trying to preserve the Will Howard red shirt if possible. Ultimately, I think it won't matter. I, I think the likelihood of Will Howard being a six-year quarterback, similar to Skyler, um, is very unlikely, especially in today's day and age with quarterbacks transferring all the time. Yeah. That said, I do think it really shows their card that cards that they believe he will be the guy next year and he will be the guy for the next four years. Otherwise they wouldn't have done that. Yeah, I agree. Um, there is no way he's going to be here for six years. I guess it's possible, but um, I'm on board with Will Howard too. Um, I, I know a lot of people have concerns about him, but I think another year, you know, in the program and him being like fully the guy, like there's, there's obviously going to be, there's going to be a battle transition aches and pains, but 
in hell, there will be a battle. So we still have Jake Rubley in this team that has every opportunity to push for that spot. So I don't know. I, I think going forward, of course, there's going to be a drop off. There's going to be a transition when you lose a, a veteran quarterback and you have to fill that vacuum, but we still have, you know, talented guys around him. So I think he'll figure it out. One, one of, one of the two, or maybe, and if not shit, hit the transfers. Yep. All right. Uh, offensive line. I, I think I'd probably only give them about a C minus and uh, it was a tough assi- uh, assignment. I think West Virginia probably has the best offensive line in the country. They gave yeah. up one sack, which is okay. Uh, 11 tackles for a loss, which is higher than you want it to be. But again, not the worst when you look at the type of team West Virginia is usually gave Skyler enough time. And we did rush for 161 yards, two touchdowns, got four yards of rush, got the blocks we needed to good enough for a win. Um, again, I think that's honestly, unless I'm 100% keyed in on the offensive line, that's the toughest one for me to really gauge in person because I'm not seeing replays and I'm really following the ball. So I, I don't really have much more for the offensive line. Is there anyone who really stuck out to you as having a good game watching on TV? I mean, besides Cooper BB because he's a stud. Yeah. I mean, Cooper was kind of himself. I just thought as a unit, they struggled a bit yesterday, um, but I agree. You know, West Virginia, I hate playing against them because they're, they're very disruptive at the line of scrimmage. Dante Stills, I think. Yeah. I think he's is, the, still one. There I can't remember if – yeah, I can't remember what his name is. But one of the Stills is still, you know, very, very good. And they're just tough. They're always tough in the line of scrimmage. Um, I would say that we ultimately did win that battle. I mean, our star running back ran for over 100 yards again. And he made the difference. I, I agree. Skyler had enough time to make plays yesterday. Um, so I give him a passing grade, but I didn't think they played great. Yeah. We'll get into tight ends, fullbacks. No fullbacks registered any sacks, but my guy, the Sea Wolf, he was just doling off pancakes left and right and just had a probably maybe his best highlight block of his career on that Joe Irvin touchdown to start it made it to the illustrious K-State football official TikTok. I was going wild in the stadium. It was going viral on Twitter. And then he just swagged all over the guy. You love to see it. Barta Senate had fine games. Uh, but again, since I played fullback a little bit in middle school and high school, I'm hyper aware of it. Christian Moore only played one or two snaps. And one of the snaps, it was just a horrific, just whiff block that led to like a, you know, negative three, negative four rush. It was not great. But uh, what, what do you want to say about Jax? Because I know you're not quite, you know, a fanboy like my level, but I think you like the Seawolf. What did you think of that big old I like walk? Jax. It was great. Um, I mean, you know, when you're, when you're the highlight of a play on a scoring play and you you're didn't the score, score the touchdown, you know, that says it all. Um, I think Jax – played well yesterday i thought it was a you know overall a pretty good day for the fullbacks artists in it i thought they played well as, as well we got to get jackson in zone though yeah i i agree I, I think maybe next year will be the year unless he wants to come back for a super senior season i would love it i mean i don't know what he plans on doing when he's done with football but i mean he can stay as long as he wants uh for my money uh let's get into tight ends because sammy wheeler big game for the wheel man uh three receptions 45 yards uh, his blocking really has cleaned up the last couple of games as well. This was the type of game that you hoped to see from Sammy Wheeler. And you, you got to hope, especially with Will Howard, Jake Rubley, 
a Lewis transfer quarterback, whoever it is, you got to hope that you can pencil him in for three receptions, 45 yards, almost every game next year, because that's really going to help him out. But, you know, he had maybe the two biggest plays on offense that, uh, for that, that touchdown catch, which it, it was well drawn, drawn up, but you had to go low with it to avoid getting blown up. And then the big fourth down catch. Um, what did you think of Sammy Wheeler's game? You know, I, I assume everyone's in love with Sammy after that one. The, the big play merchant strikes again. Um, it was good to see Sammy Wheeler. Wheeler, I really like Sammy Wheeler, by the way. I think converted you know, quarterback. I think he was the last quarterback recruit that Bill Snyder brought in. He's one of my guys, low key, but, um, he had a good day. He blocked well in the day and he said it himself, you know, post game that yesterday his favorite play of the game was a block and not the dagger on fourth and eight. So again, that kind of says it all, um, but it was good to see our boy out there again. It's nice to see him healthy. Definitely. Uh, and hopefully he can stay healthy. Nick Lenners, uh, he, he blocked very well as uh, very well yesterday as well. Um, he did have a catch one yard for 10 yard or one catch for 10 yards, which is good to see because, you know, you kind of have that fumble looming over his head from the Texas tech game. I was happy to see it. Um, but, but two straight games were a matter baby, not targeted at all. actually, I think he was targeted, but just ran the completely wrong route and Skyler ended up having to throw it away. Skyler kind of got on him twice, uh, for running the wrong route. Um, yeah. So I think that's probably why he didn't get an official statistical target. Do you have any concern there? I, I guess we have two regular season games plus the bowl game. Um, I, I think ultimately some nicks and you know scratches, some small minor injuries have kind of lowered the ceiling on what we we're going to see from him this year. Um, but is there any concern, or do you think, hey, you know, we're winning? It's not the end of the world. We have him for three more games. Hopefully he can get a play. Or what are just your thoughts with Matter Baby the last two weeks? Um, yeah, I guess it's a little concerning, but if you're if we're getting our other tight ends involved, it's all right with me. Um, you know, Amater Bebe is, is a good he's a weapon that maybe we are underusing, but really I just I just like to see the ball get in any tight end's hands uh more often. So, you know, one guy doesn't you know necessarily perform quote unquote but another guy steps up in sammy wheeler so that's that's what you need to have um having that quality depth kind of show its face is nice to see definitely um so you're gonna lose nick lenners and you're going to lose matter baby after this year you want to see us go after another grad transfer tight end you just want to be like all right sammy wheeler will swanson christian moore some like all these other young guys you know take the reins or do you want to see us try to go find one more transfer tight end, give them the number zero. And before we go all in on, uh, you know, the homegrowns. I mean, if you can get a transfer tight end, then it doesn't hurt. Um, because Briley Moore and a motor baby, those are two good gets. If you can get another tight end of that, and we play you know, so many potential and quality. Yeah. We love to just rotate like crazy. So I'm sure they'll, they'll have an eye on some tight end in the transfer portal. All right, let's get to running backs. Let's actually start with Joe Irvin. 22 of his 31 yards came on one rush, but he did get in the end zone and he ran tough, even if it wasn't always fruitful. I'm so glad he decided to come back because if you look at folks who opted yeah. out due to COVID, I think maybe 97% of them transferred away. So glad he came back and his running style and how he goes about his game really is what I think kind of 
gets him to be a fan favorite because he he does he's basically the the lunch pail player like he does everything the right way he hits the heart the mm-hmm. you know the hole hard um and again he got in the end zone and i i'm always someone who is in favor of padding stats uh for your star players so i ultimately it's like all right you know that that's fine but i i think a guy like joe Irvin deserves to get in the end zone get deserves to get some of those easy quote-unquote easy touchdowns nothing's easy but be able to get those short yardage touchdowns uh, because he does bring so much to the program uh what do you want to take away from joe Irvin's game versus the mountaineers it is shocking that he came back you know now that you think about it and he is as committed as he is but i love joe i love joe Irvin. he is like the most black and white running back of all time he, he like truly is just i'm going to run straight at you he doesn't often you know try to elude defenders. He doesn't juke people very often. He just hits his hole and he, he sees open space and he goes for it. And it's, it's like the perfect juxtaposition to Deuce Vaughn. So I'm a huge fan of him. That first, that first one run he had was great. He didn't get in the end zone on that. He was tackled just short. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. He had, but he, he had, scored on that drive. Yeah. He, yep. Yep. So it was sad to see him not, you know, get into that because he nearly broke three tackles. Um, but I love him. I love Joe Irvin. I think, you know, he can only get better too. So he's a great backup. Nice tandem. Technically still a freshman too. I mean, <laughs> we, we counted forward everyone's eligibility, yeah. but I mean, he could still play three more years after this if he wanted to, which is wild. Let's get to Deuce though. I mean, 25 rushes, 121 yards, one touchdown, long of 38, two catches for six yards. He's cl- closing the gap on Brees Hall. If you look at running backs, yards from scrimmage. Bijan Robinson is out for the season, so he's going to pass him. Uh, how special is this guy? We talk about every week, cherish every game you get with Deuce Vaughn. But, I mean, again, you know, special. he's he, – if you, if you look at it, and, and I should have kept it up, but if you look at – I'm going to try to filibuster until I bring – actually, just talk about it. Deuce, and I'm going to bring up the, bring up the stat. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's amazing. That's funny because I was like actively searching for his stats. But um, I absolutely love Deuce Vaughn. I think uh, if you have a chance to buy a ticket for the Baylor game, not only is it a top 10 matchup, but it's your last opportunity to go see Deuce, you know, in Manhattan. Final time ever this for Skyler. Year, final time ever for Skyler. Final time for a lot of guys. Reggie Stubblefield, who has, you know, become a fan favorite um and rightly so because very happy been, we were early adapters on that he's been a missile and he's been consistently very good very disciplined hype playmaker swaggy type of player he's just really really fun um but deuce Vaughn, man i mean what what more can you say about the guy he had two nice long runs yesterday he broke some ankles once again and over 100 yards once again so yep so love he, to see it he's a massive pimp Here's the stats I was looking for. So since 2000 through 10 games, there have only been nine or eight other guys, only eight other guys who have had 975 yards rushing and 427 yards receiving or more. Only eight other guys. Again, such a special season. The last time it was done was 2019. There was a couple guys in 2016, one in 2014, one in 2012, one in 2005, one in uh, 2001, one in 2000. Again, just a historic season for him as a running back and just a dual purpose guy. Um, again, I, I think that 
especially with Bijan. And I'm not happy to see a guy get. Yes, out. I was going to mention this. Bijan being out um, sucks to see. And he's a baller. Bijan's got, you know, 1,100 rushing yards right now on the year. Um, really great back. But now that he's out, induces 15, you know, 25 yards from a thousand yard year. Um, you got to think that, you know, Deuce could finish first or second and total rushing yards um, at the end of the year. Well, yeah, possible. And, and he, he has more yards per touch than Brees Hall as well. So I think typically there's two running backs on the first team, but I think the hashtag deuce for first team um, with a little racing car emoji, if, if folks are paying attention on Twitter, I think that is 100% uh, in, in play. Uh, let's get to the wide receivers. Nothing too crazy. Brooks, five for 62, long of 23. Then one catch for Howe, one for Warner, one for Weber. Knowles had a rush for two yards. Garcia had a rush but lost three. Um, does yesterday's game take away any of this newfound confidence in the wide receivers, or do you just have to tip your cap to West Virginia and say, hey, they're statistically the second-best defense in the conference? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think that kind of is what it is. And I want to give a shout-out to Mr. Brooks. He is Mr. Reliable. Oh, I mean, he we, is. I feel like Skyler always finds him, you know, when he needs to. He's kind of like – and he's always kind of floating on some sort of – late crossing route and it's just no everyone forgets about him and you know he's very consistently on the stat sheet uh, making a nice impact and I don't know I like Mr. Brooks yeah I, I like him as well too <clears throat> he really has had a solid season let's talk about the defense the uh, defensive side of the ball sponsored by Dot Boat Shop they're not an actual uh, sponsor of the show but hey if you're going to get a pet go to one of the uh great shelters and get yourself a great dog like Chauncey who actually has started digging holes in my parents' backyard. So I think he's losing status as a good dog in their eyes. Um, let's, let's talk defense. I feel like Klanderman has started to find his groove again. I think it helps when you're playing some teams that aren't uh, towards the top of the conference, but you held West Virginia under hundred yards rushing. They're able to dial up pressure when they need the team got three sacks, nine tackles for losses, I was very harsh on him during that three-game losing streak and even during the Texas Tech win. Uh, but ultimately, I think basically since the you know second quarter of Texas Tech, the defense has really found its rhythm. Uh, so I think everything's starting to fall into place. Um, I think he still is finding his feet. Uh, you got to hope that he doesn't continue to go through some of these questionable games. But, I mean – you know, I think the defense has found their stride and I hope they keep it going over the next two, because I mean, the, Baylor's gettable. Baylor is gettable. Uh, we opened up at, uh, two, as a two point favorite on some books, some had us as close to one settling in at about <sighs> one and a half. I mean, Baylor's a ta- talented offense. I mean, they're going to play action near to death, but yeah. I, I don't Which know, I hate. man. I hate it. <laughs> too, we're aggressive. But- I don't know. I, it's possible, I know. but this is obviously like the last four games we've been favored, right? Uh, Texas Tech, we were not at kickoff. Okay. But, yeah, that's right. And we won. But didn't it swing to – I don't know. No, it, we opened up as a one. We opened up as and one it and it got up to Tech by three. It swung. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, it – it's nice to see the energy back and the joy back in the defense. Clearly they figured something out. I don't know if it's Klanderman um, or if it's, you know, Chris kind of taking over a little bit, but who knows, whatever it is, it's working. And um, 
In moments of stress, it can feel like there's nowhere to turn. The good news is you're not alone, and there are resources to help support you. Health Break, a podcast by UPMC Health Plan, explores this topic with one of our employee assistance program managers who provides three tips for finding comfort and accessing support in moments of stress. Listen now to learn how you can start managing your stress at upmchp.us slash healthbreakstress. That's upmchp.us slash healthbreakstress. I love to see it, but next week is going to be a massive test. That will, We will know if we figured anything out next week. Yes, they'll have to be assignments. And because again, I don't think Baylor's really explosive, but everything they do kind of goes against our weaknesses. So it, it will be yeah. interesting. Defensive line. So uh, I don't think I've ever seen someone held as much as Felix got held and it wasn't called once. So Chris Kleiman has to basically spend 15 minutes of pregame just in the ear of officials saying, look, you have to watch this because if, if Baylor watches the tape on them, they're like, oh, well, shit, we can hold this guy like that. They're going to do it. So you need to be in their ear. That said, Felix still had three tackles, one tackle for a loss and a forced fumble, which ties him with Darren Howard for most forced fumbles in K-State history. And then if you look at Felix's stats uh, through 10 games, if you do since 2000, uh, 11 sacks or more and six forced fumbles or more, there's only four other guys. Again, another historic season, only four other dudes all of which are NFL guys have done what he's done. So again, hashtag Felix for B12 DPOY with a crown emoji. Keep the campaign going. Don't let up just because he didn't get a sack. Don't let up on the Twitter in in this Twitter war. Keep it going. What what, do you think of Felix's game? And that also massive force fumble. Yeah. Force fumble really kind of iced the game for us. Um, Another play by our two boys, Stubby got in there like a missile created the tackle and then Felix with the heads up play to force that strip and fumble. And um, I mean, what, what more is there to say? You said those four guys are NFL guys. That's going to be five NFL guys. Cause yes. Felix is 100% going to play on Sunday. Um, I mean, they doubled him every single play. And as you mentioned, he was held constantly. So and he still, you know, was very disruptive and he's going to continue to be disruptive. But, um, you know, him being at that level freed up Nate Matlack on the opposite side, who had a nice game as well. Four tackles, two tackles for loss. One was a sack. He really likes to come around the edge. Um, yes. His straight line speed is nice. He's going to have to kind of mix it up a little, a little bit going, going forward to become, you know, more of a well-rounded defensive end. But he's, uh, he's figured out how to come around that edge. Yeah. And, and I think because he likes coming around from the backside, I think next year, especially he's going to get himself quite a few forced fumbles as well. So love seeing Nate Matlack. I, I think he, the evolution of Nate, because, uh, you know, you get a few more years of him. I think between those two and then Khalid Duke coming back next year, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be scary for K-State on the outside. Um, Eli Huggins on the inside, three tackles, two of them were tackles for a loss, one for a sack. Love seeing crushed Aggie. Oh yeah. Crushed him. Timmy Horn got a tackle again. What Timmy Horn does doesn't always show up in the stat sheet, but I think that was a massive pickup. Ultimately, th- this is the crew that came into their own throughout the season. We, we talked about we're going to be good on the outside. I think you start, have to start looking in the portal for some defensive tackles. Definitely. But again, the 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 guys we're going to have, because I think Khalid Duke is going to technically still be a sophomore next year too. The list of underclassmen talent that we have on the edge is just insane. 
Yeah, I love it. Shout out to Buddy Wyatt. They're developing really well. They've got a good eye for talent on that edge. Um, I'm worried about the defensive tackles. Uh, going forward, we're definitely going to have to hit the portal hard. I think um, I think what you need to develop. do is tell, tell Jalen Pickle, hey, bud, you know, let's uh let's get to the training table let's put you know 20 25 pounds more on you because pickle has that drive that you need from the nose tackle he's been playing like a three tech four five tech so you know that zero and one where timmy horn's been but i think pickle will be okay on the inside but we like to rotate so we're gonna have to hit the portal and find a couple more um yeah you got anything else about the uh linebackers before we get or the defense line before we talk linebackers nope Linebackers. Right. Linebackers. Cody <laughs> Fletcher, I think, probably had one of the better games of his career. Returned mm-hmm. to the starting lineup after being banged up last week. Seven tackles led the team. One tackle for loss. Also had an interception. Uh, again, I, I think linebackers have been solid. I, I think probably still one of the weaker spots on the on the defense for us. But I think between the one-two matchup of Daniel Green and Cody Fletcher, they've been solid. And I think Cody Fletcher really covered himself in glory yesterday. Definitely agree. It was probably the best game of his career. He was really sound defensively on his assignments, uh, but he was flying out there and he had a nice interception at the end of the game. That was not easy. No, no, it wasn't. It, it was a good play. Daniel Green, again, probably if, if I didn't already have two hashtags out there, so I'd probably be, have to be <laughs> campaigning for Daniel Green to be first team all big 12, but six tackles, one tackle for a loss, running around, hitting like crazy, uh, a stupid. I can't believe they wasted everyone's time reviewing it but thank god they didn't throw him out for targeting that was so stupid but again daniel green and i had this as the final point but let's talk about right now he's currently 22 he's going to be 23 in january i think folks need to kind of be prepared that saturday might be his last home game because i i think he might attempt to go pro and uh because eventually you know 24 it, it might be the byron pringle thing where you're getting older in age. You might not get drafted, but you're going to try to make the team as an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope he comes back. That'd be massive for us next year, but uh, he's been a fun player to watch. If, if next week is going to be the last week, I'll enjoy watching him. Uh, so I, I hope he comes back, but we can talk more about that. If the time comes Austin Moore, one tackle for a loss, Nick Allen got a tackle. Wayne Jones was out there as well. Um, I, Stubby was actually playing a little bit of linebacker, but we're going to keep him in the secondary. Ultimately, again, I I think that they are the weakest of the three levels of the defense, but I don't think they've been as bad as I had worried coming into the season. No, they've kind of come into their own as well, I would say. Um, It helps to have Daniel Green consistently playing at a high level. Um, It kind of covers up a little bit of the cracks for the other two guys, but those guys have stepped up as well. I think, you know, Fletcher has progressed quite a bit. Um, he's looked much better over this four-game stretch, particularly yesterday. And Austin Moore is honestly pretty solid. Um, I could see him, you know, contributing more. God, this computer. Something's fucking up with Cheyenne's Mac, so hopefully uh-huh. it doesn't yeah, freak hope, out. But Hopefully we don't lose, yeah. Um, but I, I think um, overall linebackers look look solid. Yeah. Let's get into the secondary. Uh you might be able to call this the Russ Yeast game because he had three massive pass breakups, including one of the better ones I've seen on a flea flicker that saved a touchdown. That was a great, great play. Yeah. Great play. That probably was his best play. He was thumping some dudes had four tackles again. How big was Russ Yeast really again, another great transfer pickup. We might have to find another safety in the portal, but again, 
I think I think the the portal outside of Munoz, every single guy has been about what you had hoped they would be, and it just kind of proves that hey, the staff understands how to build a team in modern college football. Yeah, they do. Um, I have a lot of faith in them in the portal um, after this last uh, this last go around. So we're gonna have some holes to fill, but I'm not like freaking out about it. Definitely, uh, Julius Brent's had another good game. Uh, I think this is two, two and a half really good games in a row for him. Had six tackles, including one tackle for a loss. He actually has kind of really started to shed that worry that he doesn't like to tackle. That was the book on him coming out of Iowa. You actually saw that early on in the season, but he's now starting to prove himself as a pretty good tackler. Uh, Jay Mack, five tackles, one pass breakup. Ross Elder had one pass breakup. Uh, Gardner, three tackles. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the sauce boss and then echo uh, next, but do you have anything on Brent's J Mac elder or Gardner? No, <laughs> you're fine. TJ Smith got on the field a little bit. Uh, Sincere Mason got on the field a little bit, actually got hurt on a kickoff coverage. We'll keep an eye on that. Let's, let's do the uh, bad than the good echo was fine. I, I don't think it was his best game but it really was one of the more poor plays in his career because he, he doesn't ever get beat deep. He's a little, <sighs> he's a little rough in uh, zone coverage. And this was zone, you know, that, that fourth down, that fourth quarter touchdown that they had just echo, just completely lost back to the play. Uh, just, just not being aware and kind of that athlete and true football player that we've come to expect from him. And uh, it just wasn't a good look for him. Again, I don't want to harp too much on it because he, he was overall relatively solid rest of the game. And I think Echo Island is a real thing. But, man, it was a tough look for him and just not something that we have come to expect because he's truly been, you know, borderline all Big 12 type guy out on the boundaries this year. I agree. I mean, that was the worst series of the year for him. Um Prather had gotten the best of him a few times in a row, um, got beat deep. And then, God, that, that fourth down touchdown play was so frustrating. Um, I mean, very easily could have been a pick, um, could have been a pass breakup by him, but it just kind of slipped right by his hand. And that guy made a kind of a fluky, weird catch. Um, so super frustrating, but, you know, I still have faith in Echo. I think he's still our best, oh, yeah. you know, edge guy one-on-one. So yeah, I, I just, I just, you know, he didn't have stats. We always talk about Echo Island, how good he was in coverage. It just, yeah. you know, I, I love the guy, but I think it's fair to kind of call that out. But let's talk Reggie real quick before we move into special teams. The sauce boss, three tackles, one tackle for a loss. He's the guy who jumped on the loose fumble, you know, going from some folks calling him a catfish, uh, one K-State <laughs> fan sports podcast, their hosts were saying on message boards that the staff should be fired for taking him to now being the heart and soul of the defense, a fan favorite, one of the boneheads who coined the, the name sauce boss, uh, mm-hmm. you know, getting recognized by the official K-State Twitter, uh, you know, a bonehead coming up with a nickname that's gone mainstream. Great look for the boneheads, the best. Gargantuan, by yeah, the way. The boneheads are gargantuan. I mean, Reggie Stubblefield gargantuan. This reach. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, but I mean, just how great. I mean, just I, I I always thought this dude could be a player, but I think he's almost getting to the point where he's exceeded the expectations I had for him. Easily. Uh, I mean, he's been consistently excellent. Um, like 
he's got a little bit of, uh, you know, a college Tyron Matthew in him in, in terms of like just pure energy swag. And like, he's going to make a kind of a game changing play once a game. Um, he's great. Uh, I completely lost my train of thought because this, this baby is acting up, but um, I absolutely love the sauce boss and it is crazy that, that K-State Twitter um, actually tweeted that out. I love that. I think Cole was the one that uh, coined the sauce boss. So shout out to well, Cole. But, so uh, to whoever runs the think? Manhattan hell Twitter account. Oh, that's uh, what it so, was. Okay. So I don't know if Cole, I don't know if that is uh, Cole's Twitter account or if he had gotten that from that and then brought it to the Spotify green room, but it's uh, at Manhattan hell. I, hold on. I want to make sure I get the, yes. I at think Manhattan it's Cole. Hell. But if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But yeah. I think, honestly, I think Reggie is the most I've enjoyed a secondary player since DJ Reed. I mean, he's just got like something about him that he wants to be like the center of attention, but in a good way. Um, and anytime he makes a play, he's got a great like celebration and he's just, he's got the attitude that it takes to play at this level. And I'm, I'm super happy for him um, that he got to come and fulfill his power five dream. Um, Cause he talked about a little bit about that. This was, his last chance. This is his only chance at power five football and he has stepped up. He's a pimp. Definitely. Definitely. Um, all right, let's move on to special teams. Cause you got a lot of good stuff there. Symbol is sponsoring the special team review. Like we said at the top, it's a uh, stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your knowledge. There are two ways to make money on symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, like I had K state and Baylor last night, you earn a cash payout. Second is just like the stock market. If you think a team is going to increase their value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code BOYS to make your first deposit risk-free up to $500. That means if you lose money or you just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund that initial deposit, no questions asked. All right, kicking and punting first. I thought, let's kind of get the easy stuff out of the way. I thought Zentner had three really good punts and he just kick, he can get you a touchback anytime you want it on kickoffs. I think that's a weapon. I think Zentner it's is a huge. quality yeah. football player. Uh, I, I don't think you really have to say much else about it. Let's, let's talk about this. Um, Tenant, two of three for field goals, four of four on extra points. One of the extra points was very shaky. Um, it was a close-range field goal miss similar to KU. Uh, again, it was compounded both times about not going for it on fourth down. I think he's, I, he's a, still a freshman. I'm not going to melt down quite yet. We'll see what happens. What sort of thoughts do you have on him? And uh, just where do we go from here? Um, he's fine. I think he's got a huge leg. I think the miss yesterday felt particularly bad because of the timing and the situation. Um, but how many times has he kicked this year? Um, five. He's had five attempts and he's I think, three no, I think of he five. Has six, six attempts. He's four so of six. Four, four of six. Um, you know, he's, he's 18. I think he'll, he'll come into himself. Like he'll, he'll be okay. Yeah. I'm not I, like I super so concerned too. unless he just starts, you know, missing consistently and all that, but he is a freshman. It's he's a college kicker. Definitely. All right. Uh, return game. First, we're going to put it here because I think technically it's going to go down in the stats as a punt return touchdown. But first off, Ty Bowman coming through with a perfect block. Shout out to the coaching staff because Kleiman finally says something good about special teams in his press conference says that they were drawing up that block all week. They had their shot. Ty Bowman 
took advantage of it. So shout out to Ty and then, you know, a walk-on kid from Kansas. And then Marvin Martin, a true freshman that we flipped from Boston College, has, you know, the headspace to pick it up, scoop it up, and get in the end zone. How fun was that play? I absolutely loved it. I think – I don't know if you're the one who said it or if I saw it on Twitter before, but I think a blocked punt for a touchdown might be one of the most poss- like most exciting possible plays in football. It's great. I think it's only beaten by like a punt return, um, which is just so much fun to see. But that was a I, man. I, I want to watch that play again because the punter did himself no favors. Uh, he took like one of the weirdest angles, but well, it I doesn't matter. I mean, block. we were on there like that. He was almost, on it. Um, Ross Elder almost got a second one. Yeah, um, it's huge. It was a, it was a huge day yesterday for the special teams in general. Um, all that time that they've been putting in has. Uh, finally paid off and it, it it genuinely swung the game quite a bit of times yesterday definitely and then Malik had another big kickoff after that West Virginia was kicking the ball out of bounds squibbing it he truly is a weapon uh, and I think he's probably going to get first team all-conference honors again they should just give the returner of the year just call that the K-State award uh, so shout out to Malik I, I wish he could have housed it but um, again you know he does that and then they're like nope fuck it we're not we're not going to kick it to him rest of the game. How much Smart. of it? Like, Smart. Again, yeah, it's just amazing. Uh, nothing else needed to say. Let's grade the keys to be again. That's sponsored by sponsored by Spotify green room. It's the audio. Uh, it's a live audio only sports talk platform free to download and to use to talk with us. All right. Our live shows this week, six 30 on Wednesday, we will do a quick football show and then we'll do a, about a half hour to 45 minute basketball talk after we, Hopefully, take care of business first, Omaha. So that's Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. and then immediately after the basketball game versus Omaha. All right, let's see what we grade these uh, keys of E. I think we might uh, differ a little bit on a, uh, on a couple of these. Uh, the first one was yours, Eat the Trenches. What are you grading Eat the Trenches this week? Um, cumulative, which which cumulative, that also might have to be a T-shirt idea. I like the idea of us like kind of going with, like, all right, we're going to eat the trenches. But, Eat the trenches is like a good just like football shirt. I think yes. that could that'll play. But um, some I can't say this word cumul cumulatively cumulatively. Um, I'm gonna give us a B minus. Defensively, we held Letty Brown below 100 yards. We got to Daggy a couple of times. He really was never comfortable. Offensively, you know, it was a tough day. I gave them a passing grade with a C minus, but um, you know, Deuce really. Deuce did run for 125. Skyler had some time. So I'm going to bump him up a little bit, a B minus. I'm going to get him better than, better than just a passing grade um, as a whole on the day. I thought you were going to go B. I'm going C plus there. Uh, Again, I, I echo everything you say. I think I just might be a little bit harsher on the offensive line. Mine was continue spreading the ball around in the passing game. So uh, I mean, what we spread around to like six guys. We had been in the double digits. I'll give that a C Six guys as far as reception, just total. Okay. Yeah. I think that's C really our bread and butter yesterday was on the ground. Um, Here's yours. Positive. Positive Positive in the tournament battle. That's an A A plus plus. best game of the year in that regard. Easily three to zero. That's huge, 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 huge. Final one was rain down on West Virginia's quarterback. Uh, We got three sacks, got a handful of hurries. I'm going to give this one a B, a solid B. I'm with you on that one. A B. All right. Perfect. All right. Let's get into game 10 game balls. Uh, you know, 
we got two to give away, one offense, one defense. You can substitute special teams and a swagger sticker, you know, just an extra little bonus. We're going to go to you first, although I put mine in here. I took my three so you can fill in the rest. Grant, who's getting your first game ball this week? Sammy Wheeler, uh, biggest play of the game yesterday for, for me um, in a must-get conversion, backs against the wall. He stepped up, down the seam, caught an absolute dart from Skylar Thompson. He went three for 45 yesterday, got a nice touchdown on third and goal. Great play design, by the way, by Courtney Messingham. Um, sucked him in, and he was wide open. So, love Sammy Wheeler yesterday. Well, I mean, he had enough space. I wouldn't call it wide open because Skyler did kind of put it right in between three. It was a hell of a throw. Yeah, it was a good. No, I mean, on the touchdown. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Touchdown. Sorry, that's my fault. That's my fault. Um, My game ball is going to Ty Bowman. Uh, He's been a special teams player all all week. Shout out to Ty Bowman's dad, who uh, is a bonehead and really was liking the Sunflower Showdown tweets of the day. Uh, But great block brought the energy. Uh, he's an athlete. I think he might actually, before it's all said and done, his time at K-State's done, I think he might have a little bit of a career as a tight end or wide receiver. I think he might make plays on offense as well, but he's getting my first game ball for that blocked punt. Uh, game ball number two for you. Who are you going to? I'm going to give it to the sauce boss. Um, living his power five dream. He is our he is our game changer. He's a consistently one of the most fun players to watch on the defense, and he backs it up every time he's in there. So giving it to the sauce boss. Yep. Mine's going to Russ East again. I think great game for, you know, his career, probably the best, definitely the best one at K state uh, and just uh, overall great game. So my game ball number two is going to Russ East. Who's your, getting your swagger sticker. I'm giving it to the head coach, Chris Klein. He's matched his longest win streak at K state at four in a row. He got the best of Neil Brown for the first time. And he, right. He righted the ship um after three and three and um everyone was down on us and he just got back to work he's won four in a row we're seven and three with the top 10 team coming in next week feeling pretty good it's fun yeah i'm loving it all right my swagger sticker is going to the sauce boss again you know the thumbs down celebration he, he's swaggy with some of those uh you know accessories he's always dancing always celebrating he's got the, he's got the like shotgun yeah He's doing all the, sorts of cut stuff. Cut the throat. Yeah. I think it's the a slime, not the throat. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, thumbs down. It's great. So he, thumbs down is good. <laughs> love thumbs down. I love how that's become a Twitter meme as well in K State Twitter, finding pictures of the thumbs down. Uh, just great. Uh, any uh, honorable mentions? I, I would throw like an honorable mention. We, we might next year have to come up with like something. We have game balls, swagger stickers. We might need to come up with something for some honorable mentions. Just one final shout out to Deuce. And King Felix, just great, great seasons. Uh, any of the boneheads listening, do not stop. Keep the campaign going to get them the uh, you know deserved love that they that they deserve. Get them all all uh, all American and all Big Twelve credit. Any other honorable mentions before we call it a day? I mean, there could be a lot. There was a lot of you know quiet good performances yesterday. I think the special teams, just as a whole, they deserve an honorable mention. I think Philip Brooks five catches for over sixty yards. Another quiet, good day for him. Matlack was good. Um, just a good day. It's a good day. I'll give an honorable mention to Courtney Messing. Hey, there you go. All right, well, that's all we have. We will be coming to you with our Baylor game preview uh, on Wednesday. We will also be going live on Wednesday at 6.30 and then immediately after the K-State Omaha game. Lots of content uh, gearing up. It's, you know, football season way too quick. 
Uh, but it's going to be done before you know it. I, I would say this, you know, if you can get out to Bill Snyder family saying the final game for Skylar Thompson, I'll be Reggie's there. Double field, uh, all sorts of guys. Um, just get out there. It's going to be a big game. Uh, you know, if you win that all of a sudden folks, folks, mm-hmm. nine I mean, let's three. talk about it real I mean, quick. We've got 10 wins it. on the table, on the table, six and three final record in the conference on the table, a top three finish in the conference. on the table. Yep. If we beat Baylor, you know, that'll put us ahead of them. They have two losses already. That'll have give them three losses. They'll have a tiebreaker. Iowa State obviously has a tiebreaker over us, but, but they're, they're probably going to lose to Oklahoma next week. They might lose to TCU. Might lose Whoa. to TCU. Um, it's a, a lot of good things on the table. Yeah. Uh, I want 10 wins, Scott. I want yeah. 10 wins. I, I want it as well. And then also, you know, that, that gets you a good bowl game. That, that means the worst bowl game you would have is going to Orlando you could be going to the Alamo Bowl, which would be a lot of fun. So uh, yeah. just keep yeah. pounding the stone out there. K-State we got to beat Baylor. Let's can we beat, beat Baylor? Baylor? Come beat, on. Yes, we can. We need that marquee win. We got to yes. get we got to get that big win this year. Um, so if you can get out there, do it. Um, just get out there. Get to the game. Um, we and it'll be guys. fun. It's a, you know, it, it'll it be cold, dark. but it won't be too cold. It's a 430 kickoff, which is interesting. I think it's because um, But MLS it's going to be dark. Off. It's going to be dark as hell um, at kickoff, basically. Um, So pretty much it will be a night game, top 10 matchup. Um, A lot of really, really fun seniors that need to get a good send off. So I will be there. Um, So hit me up if you want to say hi, because I'll probably just be by myself wandering around. So folks, that's it. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, LOL at Iowa State. Could you imagine your best team ever? Best team ever. I got to cool it on those guys. Going seven and five. I was mad. I was out of control. But that's all. That's all I got, folks. Meet me at the cabin. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you wanna be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Kansas State, the fun is being there. Having a good time there. Podcast Network.